I've helped widows or people who've lost their parent, a parent, and they've realized that there was this IRS issue that was outstanding. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for the show. Well, for today's show, we have a guest from my own area here locally. Kelly Boswell is joining us, and she works in the area of tax controversy. I originally invited her on the show because of that specific title, actually, and that I wanted to delve into that a little more since I'm seeing that pop up among many firms these days. But we got quite a bit more than even I expected. We discussed Kelly's current role in this in this episode, of course, but I also found out that she was a stay-at-home mom for the first 12 years after getting her degree, effectively putting her career temporarily on hold so she could raise her family. Obviously, that's the ultimate calling, but also obviously it means that perhaps there are a few challenges re-entering the workforce. So this episode has a lot more value than I could have expected when we scheduled it. We're going to talk about those early years in Kelly's career and how she restarted her path in accounting after postponing it for those 12 years. There truly is a lot of value in this interview. If you do enjoy and learn something from this episode, please check out all our other episodes as well. You can find others on similar topics at mgrar.com. Once again, that's mgrar.com. And also, I don't know if you've noticed, but we offer classes now as well, all online, but all live instruction. And you can find those at our website also under classes at mgrar.com. We have some Excel classes coming up, plus several accounting-related boot camps that may interest you. So please check those out. And as always, if there's anything I can personally do for you in your own career or for accounting organizations you're involved in, please reach out to me as well. I'm always happy to help in any way I can. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's guest. Here's Kelly Boswell, Director of Tax Controversy. Well, hello, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. No problem. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, for the audience, we have a rather accomplished and upbeat tax professional on the line with us today. And I specifically invited her due to her new focus with her firm for this year. Kelly Boswell is joining us. And this is going to be another guest from my own home city, San Antonio. Kelly is with one of the larger local firms here in San Antonio, and she took on the role of Director of Tax Controversy early this year. I wanted to delve into that a little bit because the title, frankly, is particularly intriguing, but I know she's also had a a very eventful career prior to that as well, and so I want to get into that also in this episode. So Kelly, I really do want to get into what you do now, of course, but I want to make sure we cover those early years. What led you to decide to consider accounting as a possible career choice in the first place? Well, when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I changed my major many, many times from everything from fashion merchandising to interior design and everything in between. I finally graduated with my associate's degree in small business management and then decided to continue on and pursue my bachelor's in accounting. And while I was in college, I had gotten married. So by the time I graduated, we had decided to start a family. And I decided to be a stay-at-home mom for 12 years before I ever entered the workforce. And then two years after that, I decided to sit for the CPA exam. And that's when I started my career in 
public accounting. Oh my gosh. Did you did you work at all during college in accounting? I worked for my parents' company doing bookkeeping. My dad a heating and air conditioning business in our hometown, Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I worked doing bookkeeping for that company. Okay. Okay. I was just thinking, 12 years is a long time to <laughs> you get your yeah. degree and then, okay, let's... <laughs> Yes, when I took the exam, it was very hard. I don't recommend doing it that way. I recommend getting it over with when you graduate and it's all fresh on your mind. (laughs) Wow, wow. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but when did you take the exam then? Was it later on in your career? When I was a stay-at-home mom and I decided to start working, I had been home 12 years, and it was two years after that that I took the exam. So I've been out of school 14 years. And when I took it, when I first went to work, I was doing medical billing and collections for a chain of nursing homes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I've run into this before. Stay-at-home, usually moms, stay-at-home moms, you know, mm-hmm. re-entering the workforce, so to speak. I mean, what was that experience like for you? Did you easily slide back in or was it a little challenging to find that first position? I was doing a lot of volunteer work. I was putting in over 40 hours a week in my various volunteer work, so it was an easy decision to go to work when I decided to, and I think having all that volunteer work on my resume helped with the job and then being willing to do collections, obviously, because I think those people are hard to find. Was it a connection you made during the volunteer work that helped you get that job, or was it purely just it helped on the resume? It helped on the resume. I had also done the program through the IRS where doing tax returns for free for the elderly. I think it's the VITA or VITA, I don't know how to pronounce it, VITA program. I had done that. And so that looked really good on a resume when you're applying for a job at a nursing home that I had done volunteer work for the elderly. So I think it was just that that helped. I didn't have any connections other than that with them. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, I hear often mm-hmm. that do volunteer work, you may meet your next employer. and sure. But it sounded like you really beefed up your resume that way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm pretty sure that some of our listeners would shake in their boots, so to speak, be deathly afraid of doing collection work. So that's very interesting (laughs) that you you took that on. You were doing medical billing and collections, so then you're collecting Mm -hmm. on medical receivables. What was that like? Well, it was hard, you know, with, you know, learning the different, it's like a different language, medical billing and the process, but then, you know, just trying to get ahead of the process to like prevent things from getting into that age, you know, like recognizing problems and putting policies in place to prevent it from becoming a collection problem. That was the best way to resolve the issues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess that probably makes the job a lot easier instead of just Mm -hmm. calling to collect, calling to help them get through (laughs) their problem. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that you just got some interesting stuff very early on in your, your career there. So walk us forward from that. How did that medical billing position and medical collections position benefit you? And then how did you move forward from there in your career? You know, it was a good starting place and I learned a lot, but I was also felt like I had this box that hadn't been checked because I had gone to school for an accounting degree. And so it was just there. I could do more. I could be more. So my New Year's resolution one year was to try it, to try and take the CPA exam. They had changed our requirement to the 150 hours. And luckily with all my major changes and and everything, my six years in college, I more than met that. And so I was 
got the permission to proceed with the exam and I knew I needed to take a review course because it had been so many years. I signed up for the Becker review course and made myself a study schedule and took all four exams in six months. I didn't know that you could get online and check your scores or maybe they didn't have that back then. I don't know. So I just studied for one, take it and start studying for the next one. And but I passed all four the first time and then got my first job in public accounting and started with that. But unfortunately, about that time, my husband was working for the automotive industry. He actually worked for GM. So right about the time I started in public accounting, the economy went bad. GM started closing plants and moving us from state to state. So I had to change jobs a lot in my first few years in public accounting. So it was kind of hard because when you're the new person at a firm, you have to prove yourself before you get those bigger and better projects to work on. So I had to keep you know, starting over every few months or every year. And so it did get off to a little rocky start. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I forgot that you were in Michigan for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, they were moving him around the country a little bit. And is that what was happening? Yes. Yeah, we were from Bowling Green, Kentucky, but he worked for the long time near Dayton, Ohio, at a plant in Rain, Ohio. They closed it, moved us to Michigan. And shortly after we were in Michigan, they closed that plant and moved us to Youngstown, Ohio, to that plant. So we just moved around. My my daughters went to three high schools. So it was a, quite an interesting time. Wow. Is that part of what led you to be self-employed, the moving? Because I know you have Yes, yes, now. because we are being moved. And the firms that I worked for were all, before ADCAF, were all small firms, like 12 people or less. And many of them didn't have work for me year-round or even like worked 40 hours or less, even during tax season. I worked 40 hours in tax season and then less off tax season or would be laid off in the summers and whatnot. So I basically started my own business to supplement in between things, you know, when we were moving and when I wasn't working full time or during the summers. And so I just grew picking up clients for bookkeeping and tax prep and doing that on the side to supplement. Okay. Okay. I'm curious, did you ever consider just doing that full time? I did, but there were things about it I didn't like. <laughs> and okay. so being on my own, I mean, it was nice because you have this great relationship with your clients and things, but you know, when you're on your own, you don't have anybody to say, hey, what do you think about this? Or would you do this this way? And you don't have this great IT department. You don't have this awesome supportive admin staff you know, that, that I have. So I totally enjoy being at the bigger firm and having all those amenities. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you sort of have to do everything when it's just you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Okay. Well, I just had to ask because I figured you probably, even with some of the moves, you probably kept some of the same clients for a period of time, right? I did. My clients stayed with me when I would move and then they would just start sending me their stuff electronically. So I would have all the ones from the various places I had lived that sent me their stuff electronically and then the ones that were in the current hometown that I would meet with personally. And, you know, I I grew to, I think I had over 60 clients by the end. But when I moved to San Antonio, the commute to work was so much more than I'd had before. And then ADCAF, we have plenty of work. So I had plenty to do and full-time position with overtime and not any worry of layoffs. So let that go. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, for the people listening, you know, that's, I think, the largest locally-based firm now, right, ADKF? Correct, correct. We are the largest locally-owned firm, and we have over 80 professionals. Over 80 now, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> tax, audit, bookkeeping, yes, all of it. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So before we get into what you do now with ADKF, I guess I don't want to leave a gap there. So how did you end up in San Antonio? Because I don't tend to think of us as the, the auto mecca of the world, you know. And well, <laughs> how did that well actually, yes, my husband left GM and took a job with Toyota, which is here in San Antonio. So that's how we came here. He had just had enough of shoveling snow. And when he saw the ad for the position with Toyota Manufacturing in San Antonio, he knew that was where he wanted to be because we don't get snow here. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I was going to say, I know we have a few suppliers, but yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, no, it's a a huge plant. They build the, the trucks, the Tacoma and Tundra. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know why I forget about that all the time. It's, it's on the other <laughs> side of town from where we are. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so when I came to San Antonio, that it was 2013, that summer. I took a couple months off, got my kids settled. I had My youngest was starting college at UTSA. And so when I got ready to work, I put on my LinkedIn that I was a CPA who had just relocated to San Antonio and was looking for a job in public accounting. And immediately a recruiter snapped me up and sent me to ADKF for an interview and it felt great and I'm totally um, happy and haven't looked back. It's been wonderful. That's awesome. So what have your roles been like? Because you've been there a while now and it hasn't been all in the same position. So I guess what area did you start working in and then how did that progress? Mm-hmm. So I started as a tech senior, and after a few years, I was promoted to manager, and then last year, I was promoted to director. Okay. Is it sort of a mixed bag of work, or do you guys have specialties that you worked in during that time? I mean, everybody has, like, things that they specialize in, and that's one of the things I like about the firm. Like, I had a client ask me a question about transfer pricing, which I don't know anything about, really. I hadn't done, and all I had to do was shout out and say, hey, you know, anybody know about this? And I get pointed in the right direction, and we have somebody who's done it and can help with it. So, you know, we have people that are experts, so you don't have to know it all and be the expert in everything. But now our clients, you know, it's not like we have one person who does all the doctors or whatever, like everybody has like a mixed client base. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And yeah, that's always a benefit. It just, it gives you a broader experience for sure. Sure. Yes, we'll have people that will come from other firms and they'll come to work for us and they've done nothing but 1120s or they've done nothing but 1040s and our people definitely, you have a wide range of experience because we do it all. Okay. I'm curious, you obviously ended up going the route of tax in your career. Mm -hmm. Was that the plan originally or did you ever think about audit or... (laughs) (laughs) I always liked tax and I enjoyed my tax classes in college and so it was always my focus. When I went to Michigan and I had to do the reciprocal licensing, you do have to have audit experience to get your license in Michigan and luckily the firm that I was at, we did both tax and audit. So in the summers, we did audits for you know several audits so I was able to get that experience but the only time I thought about audit was after my CPA exam. That was the one I took forth because I was least excited about it. But when I took it, I thought, wow, this is great. I did awesome. I should maybe think about audit instead of tax. And then I got my score and it was my lowest score. I barely passed. (laughs) So I was like, nope, stick with tax. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's fine. Well, I, I can relate. I'm always just curious. We've had a lot of great audit professionals on the show, of course, but I personally mm-hmm. always liked tax when I was still practicing accounting and just worked on a couple audits in my career and frankly didn't enjoy it. It was my lowest grade, same here, on the CPA mm-hmm. exam, just barely passed that part. And I don't know, to me, tax was more black and white at the time and mm-hmm. the audit, too many words, you know, not enough numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So tell us about about your new position, Director of Tax Controversy. I mean, the title itself is intriguing. What do you do exactly as a Director (laughs) of Tax Controversy? So we have a department. There's six of us, and we handle basically all the tax controversy issues for the firm so that it doesn't bog down when people are get a notice and they're trying to do a tax return or tax projection. Now they have to deal with this notice. We obviously specialize in that and are able to recognize patterns. And we've already written that letter so nobody has to recreate it. We have it. It's ready to go. We have the template. And so it can be really efficient doing that. We handle audits, both IRS and Texas sales tax audit and some TWC audit. We handle notices from the IRS and the various states and help clients that have IRS problems. I've helped widows or people who've lost their parents, a parent, and they've realized that there was this IRS issue that was outstanding and it helped them because they're stepping in, they don't know how to take care of it. And we help with that. We help with like new business owners that are thinking about starting business in various new states and need to know what their sales tax obligations are. So we help them research and get registered and make sure they stay compliant. Okay. With the title, Director of Tax Controversy, I just the word controversy, I guess, gets pictures in my mind. What do you find the most challenging about your position or about working, not maybe your position, but about working in tax controversy? What's the biggest challenge? And then the flip side, what do you enjoy the most about it? Because I know you're doing it because you enjoy it. So what are the downsides and what are the upsides? Well, definitely what I enjoy most is a zero change audit. That's the best (laughs) or even a refund with an audit. Challenging, I mean, there's always new challenges in each one. Like, why are they getting this notice? And it's like a little mystery you have to solve or a puzzle you have to put together and then figure out why and then the best course of action to fix it. So it's like solving a little mystery. The most challenging thing right now dealing with the IRS and COVID is, you know, their mail rooms were shut down, their departments were re- directed to take care of like the stimulus checks and stuff. So they've been reassigned to different tasks. And so the processes have changed a little bit, but they've slowed down a lot. So we're not able to get things resolved as fast as we could or in the same processes that we once could. So that's been the most frustrating thing this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, there's been concern about staffing levels at the IRS for a long time. And Mm. I bet COVID has made it just that much worse. But of course, tax season didn't end this year at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, it kept going. Oh my gosh. That's a topic for a whole nother show. How moving the tax (laughs) deadline to the middle of the summer changed life for so many people. (laughs) Too funny. Yes, yes, it was rough. Well, if somebody wanted to get into the tax controversy area, because I, I'm starting to see that that title, if you will, or that term used a lot. I'm starting to see the title out in the marketplace quite a bit. What skills do you feel are important for somebody to either possess or to develop? Let's say I'm a staff accountant. I'm working at a firm. I've been in tax for 
two, three, four years. And I think I'd like to do that tax controversy field. What skills or characteristics, what would an employer look for to know that they'd be good at it? Actually, I'm looking for tax controversy staff right now for ADKF. (laughs) And definitely what I need is someone with an EA or CPA license because they're the ones who can obviously call the IRS and represent clients in front of the IRS. So definitely some sort of certification that helps with that. And then otherwise, just attention to detail and follow up. I mean, a lot of times we'll call the IRS and we'll get a collection hold, but that only buys us 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you know, however long we can get. And so we have to follow up. You have to be able to mark that on your calendar and follow back. And we're handling hundreds of cases at one time. So, you know, just to be organized and keep that, keep the system to follow up with those things. Okay. Do you think there's any differentiation between what makes a good tax professional from the preparation side versus what makes a good tax controversy professional? So a lot in a tax controversy, you know, we're meeting with the client who have the problems that we need to help resolve or meeting with auditors face-to-face. So definitely someone who wants to stay totally behind the scenes, you know, that would not be good because, you know, we're on the phone and we're in person with auditors and clients. So definitely they would want to be able to do that. So I know some people who just like, no, I want to sit in this back room. I want to do the tax return. I don't want to have that contact. That's not going to be a good person. Okay. It just, I was thinking about your early career working in medical collection. Mm-hmm and how you were talking about you viewed it as working through the problem to a solution with the individual Mm -hmm. instead of merely collecting. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing how maybe that ability to just look at the situation for what it is and try to work through (laughs) to a solution maybe has benefited you. And there's probably some patience involved too. I mean, you can't let things bother you too much, I would think. Yeah, you have to be able to tolerate the whole music <laughs> when you call the IRS. That's funny. It helps if you like classical music, I guess. Is that what <laughs> <laughs> Or just that may be part of being a mom is that you can just tune some things out. <laughs> That's funny. The first 12 years staying at home, that was preparing you to be a controversy expert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I know you just got into this area, so I don't know if this is a fair question or not. But I mean, if you think about this position and your career two or three years from now, if if things go well, I mean, what does that look like for you? What are you hopeful for in this position in the next few years? So I just this year got my CFE certification and doing some litigation support. And plan to get my CVA certification this next year for business valuations as they kind of go CFE and the CVA kind of go hand in hand for litigation support. So I'm hoping to get that growing as well, continue growing the Department of Tax Controversy and just help training the next generation of ADKF CPAs. Okay. Okay. I figured Department of Six, I mean, that's pretty good size and it sounds like you're... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're definitely on a growth pattern. And I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know how you look at it, but the area of tax controversy probably isn't going to shrink. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, especially with the increase in sales tax audits. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't even think about the comptroller's office and that kind of stuff. That's a whole other episode in and of itself, probably, too. <laughs> <laughs> You've had an interesting career. I mean, starting out with a different priority for a while, which is is awesome, Mm -hmm. growing your family and that kind of thing, and then then coming back and now this new path. 
Looking back on everything, if you could go back in time and give your younger self just one piece of critical advice, what do you think that might be? So I definitely have gotten my certification sooner. You know, I said earlier, waiting 14 years to take your CPA exam is not the ideal. You want to do it sooner while it's fresh on your mind. But even like getting my CFE and then now my CBA, this late in my career, I know that even though I've been doing this work since 2006, the fact that I'm just getting the licensures this year, that's going to be held against me when I'm on the witness stand, that I only have had that certification for a year. So I would say get the get those earlier. <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't know that would affect you on the witness stand. That's, <laughs> wow. Well, you know, they're going to use whatever they can against you, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Is the CFE, I'm embarrassed, but I don't know this, is the CFE a multi-part exam as well? or is Yes, it? yes. Okay. It's a four two-hour exams. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's a little different because you have to take them. Once you take the first one, you have to take all of them in a 30-day period. So it's Ooh. kind of different studying for the C- CPA. Okay. Are there, are there review courses out there for that as well, or is that something? Yes, yes, there is a review course. I did the one from the ACFE, and I just had it downloaded on my iPad. I'm just sitting answer answer questions. And, you know, it's a really good program because it ask you like you can mark flag once for follow-up or you can just give me the ones I missed over again and so it prepared me very well. Okay I'm embarrassed to say I just have never looked into it myself and we've had a bunch of CFEs on the show so I just never asked that never asked that. Mm -hmm. Well I end every show with the same three questions and we'll go on and get to those. From a career perspective what's been your proudest moment? So definitely getting promoted to manager was a big deal. I worked hard for it for a couple of years and worked toward it. And so when I got it, it was very, very satisfying. And of course, a lot of things come with it. You get your own office. And that's why I got my assigned parking place. And it was a big deal that I had worked hard for. And then this year, getting promoted director was big. But of course, that wasn't expected. That wasn't anything because it was a new position. There was no director level at ADKS before. It was something that created this year. And I'm the first one. And so them giving me that department and trusting me to grow and develop it, that was a big deal. That is a big deal. Wow. Yeah, because it's a growing field for them as well. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. that is a major compliment for sure. Well, tell us about a lesson that you've learned the hard way. And the more you can tell us about the situation, the better, because that's how we all learn (laughs) from this. (laughs) There's so many, and they're all learned the hard way. Those are the ones you learn. It's the ones that you learn the hard way. One that sticks out is before we have a meeting with a client or a phone call with a client, the partner asks to be updated what's going on with them. And for some reason, a few years ago with this one client, I'm giving the partner the update where they are that year, how their business was doing, what was going on. And I added in there that I speculated that they were headed toward divorce. And it was just the bookkeeper that was on the account. Her and I had talked about how we both thought it. So it wasn't something that I just thought up, but they have it. They haven't got a divorce. They're fine. They're still married. But now every time we do anything with that client, we have a phone call, we have a meeting. The partner looks at me and he goes, are they getting a divorce? Did they get a divorce? Why am I thinking that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's because I said that. I shouldn't have. Oh, <laughs> that would be wow. one that I regret every time. <laughs> we need to take that out of the work papers or the notes somehow. <laughs> 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 or make a new note in there that things are good, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I've definitely said some things like that in my career that ended up tainting further conversations later for years. So now I can mm-hmm. relate. 
yeah, yeah. We as professionals, we have to watch what we say. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I just said it to one person, but he has a very good memory. (laughs) Wow. One little side comment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What's the best piece of advice that you have ever received? So when I'm just like looking at a new problem or trying to decide how to start something, is just to, to like look back and follow last year's work papers. And then I try to leave myself breadcrumbs, what I call a trail of breadcrumbs, so that the next year when I'm trying to decide how to tackle that, you know, I don't have to think through and solve that problem each and every year. So like if I had a group of returns that I got assigned one year and there was an oil company and a land company and a management company in the 1040s, and I, I didn't know where to start. And so after you figure it out, I found like, oh, this is the one I do first and this is the one I do second. You know, I made myself those notes in the file so I didn't have to like refigure it out every year. Yeah, that's a good point because, yeah, in accounting, particularly when you're handling quite a variety of work, no matter what point you are in your career, just sometimes getting a little refresher (laughs) from what was done last year is is a great help. That makes a lot of sense, particularly for our audience. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for spending the time on this. I know it's busy time for everybody, and yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out to record this. Tax controversy is a growing area, and I know more and more people are going to be interested in focusing their career in that area to help clients, and so I think it's good to get some insight on that. This was very beneficial. Thank you for having me. Well, that was my interview with Kelly Boswell, Director of Tax Controversy for the CPA firm ADKF in San Antonio, Texas. I don't know about you, but I found it very interesting how her early experience in her career sort of relates to what she does now. You know, she had some early experience in problem-solving capacity, if you will, and a rather direct kind of area that requires directly attacking an issue, directly working with someone on a resolution, basically working in collections. And I'm sure those skills she built up during that time really benefit her now in the tax controversy field. And then also, I mean, she just has the perfect kind of calm personality for this, you know, not letting situations bother her, which also, I'm sure, greatly benefits her and what she does now. I really appreciated her being so open about her early years in her career because I know there are several individuals that, that listen in the audience that will benefit from that as well. Really appreciated the time with Kelly today. Well, as always, if there's anything I can do for you personally in your career, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm very findable on LinkedIn. Just search for Mark Goldman CPA and I'll pop right up. And if there's anything I can do for your accounting associations as well in terms of speaking or something like that, please reach out to me as well. I'm always happy to help. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been another edition of Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. We'll see you all next week. There's more to come.